Hello, Spacers. I'm Christopher Schmidt, and today we are talking with Brenda Storer. Brenda is a designer and front-end developer at ThoughtBot and instructor at Girl Develop It. Our sponsor for today is FluentConf. Put JavaScript, HTML5, CSS, and the latest web tools to work. The O'Reilly Fluent Conference, happening March 7th through the 10th in San Francisco, encompasses every major and emerging web technology and tool of the web stack. Stay on top of the latest technologies, see how all the pieces fit together, and learn how to easily compare tools and frameworks so you can choose the best one for the job. Listeners, use code NBSP when you register and save 20% off at fluidconf.com. Uh, check out CSS DevConf's Twitter, at CSS DevConf, for the latest news and get dibs on the cheapest tickets by subscribing at newsletter.cssdevconf.com. Uh, there should be a limited amount of early bird tickets uh, available on starting on sale February 5th. More details at the Twitter account and also via the newsletter this week. I'll be hosting a virtual conference, JavaScript Summit 2016, on February 23rd through 25th. It's three days of awesomeness. We talk about SVG, securing JS apps, React, Node, Web Components, and much more. Save 20% off when you use the code JavaScript at JavaScriptSummit.com. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Telejet, T-E-L-E-J-E-C-T. Also, thank you for liking and subscribing to us at the Non-Breaking Space Show on iTunes. Or you can sign up have the show directly sent to your inbox by signing up at newsletter.nonbreakingspace.tv. Find show notes and links at nonbreakingspace.tv. Now, on with the show. It, it was a, it was a YouTube conference. It was a uh, a conference by YouTube stars for other YouTube stars and other and fans of YouTube stars. And so it's more of a cultural YouTube. Yeah. Wait. It was it for like a particular industry or for any any YouTube subculture? Um, probably more of a pop culture ish, if you will. So I mean, there's I because I, I hate to say because I think there's like lots of subcultures or, or like lots of cultures on YouTube, you know, like model train cultures, you know, but it was mostly pop culture. Uh, I'm going to just say tweens. <laughs> there were just so many, so <laughs> many tweens. I was not expecting so many tweens, but uh, it was run by uh, Hank Green and his brother. Um, so I'm not sure if you know them or not, but, um, but uh, yeah, they're pretty, pretty big on the internet, on the YouTubes. And, um, and so it was just fascinating how, one, how meticulous everyone's hair was. Uh, but <laughs> it was also in LA, so I had to give like, a grain of salt with that. Like, it was just like, and it, it, it looked like the web had grown up in a way. Like, it just, everyone, you know, you know, YouTube has grown up and like everyone was like, looked like they're ready for TV and you know, they're ready for their, you know, their camera spots or anything like that. And, um, and uh, one thing I noticed was that everyone just had this like, awesome backgrounds in their in their videos now it's just like it wasn't just like yeah just like this dorky uh, computer lab office or whatever like that not, not, not to take any offense from your orange background yeah like I know. oh i know i know <laughs> maybe i'm being minimalist on purpose yeah there you are so there you go you're like your counterculture <laughs> i don't know my my niece is a is a makeup vlogger uh-huh oh wow okay there you go so you know and about it 
Oh yeah, no, it's so interesting. She has like a whole room and yeah. it's totally like she, she changes around the room like all the time because she's yeah. trying to find the perfect setup for the perfect background, like for the videos. And yeah. Yeah. So like, see, I see it now. I feel like more shallow when, when we first started talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, but how many subscribers does she have on her? her? Um, I think she's been doing it for like about a year and she has like 7,000. Oh my gosh. She's killing it. I'm in the wrong industry. I'm going to Vegas. I'm I'm so proud of her. And of course I'm like now like I'm like, you're you gotta make money off of this. Like now now, like mm-hmm. do you do you have a do, your domain name? You know, like I'm asking, I'm like, do you have a website? <laughs> like, I don't think I need a website because everything's on YouTube. I'm like, what? No way. No, 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 no. You need a website. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, you definitely need a website just to like, have everything local and you know, just a central repo it's just everyone i think people will find her on youtube just fine it's just uh just having a good repo for people who are who need to stumble into it like via google and so like that too like, right i mean my website now is basically my name mm-hmm. and links to social media yeah yeah i totally did the research i totally it. found it yeah i was just like okay right github <laughs> so yeah. Oh, she doesn't blog. I don't know anything about her. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, that was it. That was the other thing was like um it was kind of cool. It was just one small story and I hate I can't I don't know their names or not, but uh these people had big viral hit in two thousand nine and um making commercials. They they had a grant or something like that, they're doing commercials a grant and uh for for small businesses. They just took like an RV and went around to small businesses and made uh, commercial videos for small businesses that they found or whatnot. And they they did this one for uh, used RV homes, and it was just such a big hit. It was so awesome. It was just, you know, it was just great. A bouncer in Birmingham hit me in the face with a crescent wrench five times, and my wife's boyfriend broke my jaw with a fence post. So if you don't buy a trailer for me, it ain't gonna hurt my feelings. So and I walked into this room, uh, you know, because like one of the things we did last last year was just like just go to conferences we would never totally go to, and this is the YouTube one. They were like, but oh, we would never go to a YouTube one. Like, why would I go to YouTube? And, uh, and so I just walked to this room, and here's these guys, like what six years on, you know, uh, since that viral video, and they have their old, uh, they have a YouTube empire. They have roadies, you know. And <laughs> how do you have roadies when like everything's virtual? <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, people come in, set up their mic stands, set up little boob stands for the mics, get the laptops out, and they just show up and just sit down and start recording. And so they did a, like a live podcast recording for the show. It was just like, and then when they're done, they just walked out, got out of the room with the exit. Uh, massive fans rushed rushed them, and their groupies just got up and deconstructed their uh, their laptops and uh, and mics. It was really, it was. I mean, I learned a lot. <laughs> that two seconds, I'm like, holy cow! Do you but, go to like different conferences just to experience what different culture conferences and different cultures outside of tech are, or why are you? Why? Uh, yeah, just research and just see how people are doing, what they do, uh, events. Like, if you would told me like growing up that uh, I would have been uh, an event planner, I would just told you you're like stupid, crazy, because like I'm I'm an introvert. Uh, I don't. Uh, I, I don't function well at parties. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a wallflower, you know, so, but so to be able to like 
now they've been doing it for you know, five, six years or whatever, just to, um, and to be an event planner for most of I think it's good, like, mostly introverts, you know, we said that's extroverts, uh, is, uh, kind of challenging and daunting. It's, it's a really interesting challenge too. And so I just want to see what other industries are doing. And cause I don't want to be, uh, have the, like feedback of, of trying to do the same thing that other people are doing. And it's like a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy. It just, it's not going to ring true or be all authentic. And, uh, you know, and, and sort of like just by traveling, you know, you, you learn some more and you appreciate your home better. And it's, you, know, you bring some of that, what you learn back to it. So that's, is that too deep of a answer for you? Is that no, answer? that's a really good answer. <laughs> no, okay. I'm also thinking like, you can be like, hmm, what conferences are coming up in Hawaii that I should check <laughs> out? Oh, I can write this off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, our Did first season... conference is in Hawaii, I'm sure. Yeah, our first CSS Dev Conf was actually in Hawaii. So, oh, it was? Wait, yeah. you can't tell me where... I really want to know where it is this year. Is it still a secret? Uh, it's still a secret. We'll be announcing it this year. I mean, this week. Sorry, this, year. this year, it's coming out. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's this week. So it's... Um, I, I have I don't want to get anyone's hopes up because I feel like we've just been riding this great wave and I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be different this year. Um, but it's still gonna be, I think, DevConfish in some ways. So I'm not really sure that really helps sell it anymore. But uh, but speaking of this DevConf, I was actually researching and you actually went to uh New Orleans one, is that right? Yeah, I did. Uh, as a as a attendee, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. I, I I was like, Oh my god, she went she went there and uh so what, what was your impressions of uh, uh, New Orleans as a, just as an attendee? As one? Um, well, first, just of New Orleans as yeah. a town. I That was my first time and I oh, wow. yeah. fell in love. I think it's my, I think it's like my new favorite place in America. And I, I have like a big birthday coming up and I think I'm going to yeah. go back for my big birthday. Oh, nice. Um, but uh, but yeah, as a conference, I mean, I I've actually never spoke at a conference before speaking at CSS DevConf. That you were my first conference oh, wow. um, this last year, so I I purposely applied to your conference because I liked the format, especially as a first time speaker. I thought I really liked that if my talk was accepted, it was because it was voted on. Because I think the scariest thing is going into a room and not sure if anybody's going to be interested in what you're speaking about. Yeah. I like that it had different tracks too. So the people who were in the room were in the room for that. Um, so, but overall, like I felt like as an attendee, it was a super, I also like the first night was by myself. Like I had a friend who, a colleague who was with me for mm -hmm. most of the conference, but wasn't there the first night. So I walked into like that, and, and I'm an, I'm a social introvert, but like walking into a room of people you don't know, you know, like in a career setting is yeah. probably one of the most intimidating things, right? Mm. Um, but like I met people right away that night and um, and felt, found it to be like a really welcoming um, conference. I had a great time. Oh, nice. Yeah. And learned a bunch. Cool. That's a side effect of going to... Yeah. <laughs> but uh but you spoke at uh other places before you know, like meetups and stuff like that too right yeah i spoke i've spoken at meetups and then i used to um help run a meetup too in new york like a like a pretty good meetup um mm -hmm. manhattan js yeah um and there's the the fa our famous sibling is brooklyn js yeah um which is it's just 
like the most fun meetup ever. Um, but we're, we're pretty fun too. Manhattan JS is super fun, super cool. Um, so yeah. So I, I like getting up and talking in front of people. <laughs> that, that's fine. Um, yeah. That's fun. Okay. So, so what, what, um, what makes Brooklyn and Manhattan JS so, so fun or unique? I think like there's just like a very casual welcoming environment. Um, somehow the crowd that comes just really wants to talk to each other and it's all devs. Like the recruiters don't get in there. It's, it's all, it's, and I don't know if it's because, I mean, I kind of got exhausted because there, there was, there's Jersey script. Mm-hmm. There's um, in New York, there's Jersey script. There's, Queens JS, there's Brooklyn JS and Manhattan JS. And Jersey script will usually happen once a month, every other month. You kind of never know where it is. Jen Schiffer likes to kind of like pull it as a surprise. Um, But the other three are very regular and are on a different week each month. So like you could probably go to a JavaScript meetup every day, like every once a week, every month. And so I was trying to go to all of them Uh and I was exhausted. But I also got to like, like it's a lot of there's a good community. Like it's, it's, we've made like good friends and people have made good contacts and, and gotten good jobs from each other. Like over the past couple of years, like somehow all together, we've all built like a really nice open welcoming community. Yeah. That's, that's an important part, right? That's, that's awesome. magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's not magic. You work hard on it. Like you, <laughs> uh, you apply it. Like it's, it's not easy to uh, put on a events, much less multiple events. I think so. Yeah, I, I I can't imagine what it's like to put on a conference because even putting on you know like a meetup once a month that's a couple hours <laughs> yeah. is it can be can be really daunting yeah. and the last minute things and uh, yeah 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 and then um, yeah it's great so if you uh, yeah I think meetups are great just if you're starting out to be a speaker or you want to speak at uh, things I think meetups are just a, a great way of doing it I know. Um, uh, and definitely, if you don't have one in your area, I think just definitely go start one. It's very important. To, to yeah, this this year I was speaking to somebody I met at CSS DevConf. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like, was talking to him about Manhattan JS and stuff, and he's like, "Well, I live in like a little town in Texas," <laughs> and you know, I'm like, "Well, you know," he's, I'm like, "Start," you know, he's like, "I think I'm gonna just try and start something." And I'm like, "Yeah, totally start something." And he had like a like successful first JavaScript meetup, like put it on Meetup.com. Like Meetup.com is really good because people find things there, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can advertise, but it does so much for you. Yeah, that's definitely like I, that's where I find most of the meetups because uh, in, um, in in Austin, just because there's just so many. Different, I mean, I live, used to live in Cincinnati, where there was um, maybe like one web standards meetup a month in Cincinnati because it's a uh, it's a uh, Procter and Gamble is owns not owns but pretty much like like owns okay, the town owns the town pretty much, and so they're like brands, and so they're big big into Flash. To, to push their brands and some of that, so they really, they didn't really care about Flash, I, anything other than Flash at the, at the time. So I actually had to go to Dayton and uh, to go uh, to go to a meetup and some of that too. So, <laughs> which is not bad. It was like an hour drive, which is not that bad. But uh, it was just, and that's where I met Ben um, Callahan from Sparkbox out there. So that's what, so it wasn't bad. So yeah, it was, and um, yeah, it's a, a cool story too. But uh, yeah, because that that's the first time I. Met ben, ben and I asked him about his iPhone one, 
and uh, I, think, I think we've been mm. friends ever since then. So yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah, so uh, that's just the, that's my podcast. It's me to power met Ben, and so that's how it goes. But anyway, um, yeah. So I'm actually curious. Like, so what uh, you went to see the conference in 2014, and then you decided to speak at. When did you decide to submit for 2015? I'm just really curious about. Oh, yeah. Um, so thinking, so I kind of did a lot of meetups in 2000, art meetups, excuse me, conferences in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to CSS Conf and JS Conf mm-hmm. in Florida. Um, I went to SAS Conf um, and, then, and then went to CSS Def Conf. Mm-hmm. And I think like I, I had kind of thought about you know, what would be, I think you're always on the lookout for new challenges within your career. That would be cool. And so I thought, I thought that maybe speaking could be something that would be a good, fun challenge for me. And so I'd been kind of thinking about it. And like I said, I think I just, um, I felt confident about CSS DevConf. Um, I thought it would be a comfortable environment to be a first speaker. Like I thought about CSS Conf and as the first time speaker, I thought that sounded like so intimidating. <laughs> I don't know, just it's a single track and there's a, there's a lot of really people doing really amazing things in CSS who, who speak at that. And it's really inspiring. And I don't see myself as fitting in <laughs> there, but I, but I really liked like, um, I mean, I also did the thing where I found something I wanted to learn and then I admitted to making a presentation about it at a meetup and then I had to research it and find out (laughs) everything for it. Like I didn't like, so my talk um, for CSS DevConf was on SVGs and and the code behind SVG and I didn't know that, but I wanted to learn about it. So I committed to doing a a meetup. So I I forced myself to to learn about it. so, so that that was kind of my path to that, and then it got really well received at the meetup, um, and 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 then as soon as I did it once, I was like, oh my gosh, I I I need to change it like this, and like <laughs> you know, I I I, I got s- so much different you know different responses, and and was so inspired on how to like how to change it up and make it better, and then I've done it. I did it at another meetup, and I went out of town. I took it out of town to Philly. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, you know, kind of changed it up there and then got some more feedback. So I've been refining it and practicing it. Um, but I, I, it also, I think also because of the three track format, it was good for CSS DevConf because, um, well, also as SVGs, it doesn't fit totally into any category specifically. And I'm not really talking about using CSS with SVG very much. I'm really just talking about SVG. Right. So um, it fit into that format well. And it could be something that people already knew about because since it is really fundamentals and basics mm-hmm. that I think it worked well with a multi-track conference for people who were interested to come check out. Right. Well, I heard a lot, a lot of good things about it. and I couldn't attend the actual presentation, but, uh, but, yeah, but I like the idea of, of shopping it around, if you will, like just workshopping it at uh, your presentation uh, at meetups before you go to a conference. That's just a really smart idea. And it's actually an idea because I was uh, reading, um, was it uh, Mark Twain's autobiography, which is uh, just came out like not, not too long ago. But uh, even he would uh, go back and um, he would do the whole like uh, speaking circuit tour. 
you know, to make extra money and, and do that. Yeah. And he would actually go to small town USA for the first two or three uh, cities on his tour just to work out the kinks in his talk. Because by the time he hit like New York or Boston, uh, people would write reviews about uh, his talk. And if it wasn't uh, solid, he'd get bad reviews and he wanted to avoid, you know, all, all that bad publicity too. So, we, so, so this is, so like doing the meetups thing is sort of like that's right a passage that's been going on for, you know, forever pretty much. I mean, so. this is like how we, pro- or how I approach web development too, right? Like we, we do something, we put it out in front of people, we get feedback and then we right. adjust it and then right. things are constantly, I mean, I think that's what makes web development exciting is that it's nothing's ever finished. It's not like print. Right. It's not like you send off, you send off the files and then you hope for the best. Like you can always constantly be changing it and improving on things. Exactly. That's, that's great. Well, that's a good segue. Cause I want to, we always ask people like, how did you get, involved in the web so how, how did you find the web or how'd you get to the web um i was originally in college a first time around in college i was a psych major okay. with a minor in italian wow okay <laughs> we go together yeah. really well actually my dad said because my mom's italian <laughs> he said if, if all italians are like your mother you'll do very well <laughs> that mix anyway um so I, I I had wanted, you know, I just kind of chose a major because I was young and I had to cho- choose a major and it seemed interesting, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So then I, when I, I ended up studying abroad in Florence, Italy. Oh, nice. Oh. And that wow. for a year. And then I came back and just had one year left in school and like a couple of classes left to take. But basically that year abroad, I was like, I don't want to do anything I wanted to do before. Like now I'm like so inspired and the world is so interesting. And I, I just want to come back here. And, and um, Florence is like one of the beautiful cities in the world too. I know. It's also like so beautiful with like no trees. Like yeah. I've never, I don't know any place that's so beautiful. That's like, has no foliage, <laughs> you know, like in the city, it's like marble and cement and brick and it's beautiful. Um, but uh, I, so I came back and I had my senior year and I was like, I don't like my major. I don't know what I want to do. I'm graduating. I went to school in a small um, town in Northern California where there wasn't really any industry around. So I didn't graduate with like really any applicable experience. Um, so I was freaking out and I couldn't really sleep. And I had a bunch of friends that were computer science majors. I hung out with the theater kids and the computer science kids. Oh. And I don't know. <laughs> it makes sense somehow. Yeah, um, and <laughs> and uh, and some of my computer science friends, I think I like mentioned Photoshop or something, or wanting to know that, and they're like, "Oh, I can get you a copy, very legal copy of Photoshop <laughs> if you want one." It's like, yeah. So I got like Photoshop two or something. I don't know. It's like some early Photoshop. It's like late nineties. And then, um, and then another one was like, "Do you want to know how to make web pages?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And he just basically showed me like View Source. Yeah. And I was like, "Wow, this is incredible!" And that like and that was it. And so I just sleepless nights, not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. I was like making GeoCities fan sites. Oh, um, so what type of uh, fan sites were you making? Um. Leonardo DiCaprio was my first website was a fan page for Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. And um I did it before Titanic. 
Oh, okay. So I guess that was like 90, I guess it was before I went away to Italy. Yeah, but it was before I went to Italy, I started fiddling around with things. So it was like 97. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I'd get emails of people who thought I was Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> After Titanic came out, like my my um, counter went crazy after Titanic oh. came out. Like I had like thousands of views or something. I, I went viral. <laughs> um, and then um, and I had a Spice Girls website fan site. Oh wow! Okay. Great. And then I also had and I have the code up on my GitHub. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it like a, a six months ago. A Robbie Williams fan site, um, yeah. the, the British pop star. So when you say you found it, did someone like you just found it on your hard drive, or you like someone stored it and saved it? And I found it in like an old like I'm I'm a I'm a digital hoarder. That's good. But I can't ever find everything. But I still have like floppy disks from high school and stuff mm-hmm. um, that have my papers on it that I'm sure are really really interesting. I don't know why I like, but I hold on to them. I'm a digital hoarder. That's so. Good. I knew I had probably kept this somewhere. Like I'm sure my Leonardo DiCaprio site somewhere and I can't find it. But the the Robbie Williams site, like about six months ago, I just found like a CD ROM mm-hmm. and put it in. And I found this side folder and saw all these text files that were named Robbie something. And then I, I was like, oh my God, this is the website. Because I remember I didn't know that I could put .html and still see the file in my like Mac text editor. So I, I would make, I would write all my HTML and as a .txt, upload it, and then change the file extension to .html to make it render. Wow. Okay. I, I don't know why I was making it so hard. Oh, yeah. So I had them all stored on my computer as .txt files. So oh. then, then I, it was magic. I was so excited. But I, I lost a lot of the images, I guess. They were too much to store so that was sad <laughs> but it's it's like totally like it's before you know it's before css but it's it, i didn't even use tables it's like yeah paragraph tag image break break paragraph right. yeah it was old school right you know, <laughs> yeah so because uh, i was just talking to um jeffrey selman about like the history of the web and how much it was lost in terms of uh all the old stuff that we used to do or that's, that was out there and how we don't have a way of saving it. And so it's, so yeah, so I'm glad you're a hoarder. And so make sure <laughs> to save everything. Some of it, but still, like I still save things. Well, I mean, I mean, also the web moves so fast. Like we do mm-hmm. what we do is like, but I think that's part of the beauty is that it doesn't last. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. it's the bittersweetness of it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's very fleeting, but then at the same time, it's like, um, it's 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 gone. I mean, it's it's kind of weird. Like, um, it, also, Jeffrey Veen wrote about this once. Is like how uh, there's like a newspaper will always have the ads of it. Like, you go back to the archive of a newspaper, you'll see the the article, but then you'll see the ads of that time. And yeah. now you'll when you go to a newspaper website, you'll see the ad, a story from like 1997, 99, and then you see this like ad for like present day, and there's gonna be like this weird. That is so true. Yeah. Yeah. That's so sad. Like I used to, I, I so I ended up. This will this will segue into the future. So then I graduated from school. I didn't know what I would wanted to do, and I traveled and moved around and waited tables and bartended and worked in theater administration. Did a whole bunch of random stuff, and then I ended up eventually going back to school at FIT in New York for 
just communication design, graphic design. Mm-hmm. And I used to go to the library there and look. They had every Vogue magazine from the beginning of time until present, just in the library that you could check out and look at. And I'd love to like just go through there and look at the ads. Like, yeah. that's it, you know? Or if you ever find like an old VHS tape of like you taped TV, I'm always like, oh, I hope I didn't tape over the commercials. Like, <laughs> I want to see what the commercials, I want to remember the commercials. Um, oh, yeah. There's uh, there's a couple guys. They go around. Um, the, I don't know. It's called found footage or something like that. But um, but they uh, they stop by Austin, uh, and they and they do uh, they go to movie theaters, and they actually showcase like old uh, old TV from VHS tapes that they find at stores or whatever like that. So it's like yeah, it's it's awesome. And they they charge like a little bit of money, but for ticket price, but it's totally worth it to see all these weird infomercials. The people like me. You know. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll try to find the URL for it. But, uh, oh yeah, no, I want to see that. I love, yeah. I love all that because yeah. there used to be such a little shared cultural experience about commercials. You know, now we all stream everything. <laughs> yeah, and then um, yeah, this is like you know, like even Hulu got rid of commercials, so you don't have to you know, upgrade to get rid of. Which is so great. Oh my gosh, it's the best two dollars a month <laughs> I've ever spent. Oh my god, but I feel kind of weird because now, like during commercials, I usually get up and do something like a yeah. micro task and now i'm like oh okay oh god okay. oh <laughs> like i can still hit the pause button but i don't you know it's just it's like do you watch sports because if you watch st- sports we still have to manage oh that. yeah 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 so we watched like watch the playoffs yesterday okay. yeah i went back yeah. to school for communication design this is the mid 2000s and i basically did nothing with the web in between because yeah. i just didn't I'd, I'd never thought about it as a career. I never yeah. thought about tech as a career. Like I grew up in the Silicon Valley and I'd nev- I'd, I thought I was not a tech person at all. I right. moved away. Why, why, why do you think that? Um, because I, I think I grew up with the like, oh, tech is for people who are good at math. Um, it's all math. And it's. Um, I, I also think that there wasn't anything. Like what started to get me excited about computers was when they got visual, you know, when graphics got, when screens turned into color and, you know, like, I mean, when I went to school the first time and when I grew up, it was, was like green and black screens and, you know, was, it was, it was old, it was old school. (laughs) (laughs) So I, and, and it wasn't anything my parents did. Like we lived in Silicon Valley, but my parents were like a teacher and a bus driver. So it was always around, but I wasn't ever, immersed in it and we didn't have any computer science classes or anything because I just had no exposure to it just had friends who did it but like you know besides and I thought like you know the the basic html I learned in college I just thought that was like super you know super easy and anybody everybody was going to know how to do that you know and everybody was going to want to do that I didn't think about it as anything applicable at all and it wasn't really a was barely a like front-end development is also kind of a new or it's a newer um, career path to, right. you know, in the past 10 years. So it was, so I think like what I do now didn't exist. Um, it definitely didn't exist 10 years ago as a developer designer. Um, right. So even web designer kind, you know, like that, that existed, but it wasn't like, you know, it was kind of, it was like the graphic designer who now was making web pages and they were getting sliced up, you know, right. um, except for in, I guess, bigger places. But um, so, 
So when I graduated from school in um, the second time around in super debt. And <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went back to um, bartending and oh. waiting tables and, and then did like little, you know, did whatever I could to like build up my portfolio on the side. Yeah. Um, and then ended up really taking like a huge stab at like, okay, now I got I've got to like make the transition full time. Right. Um, I like tried, you know, I, I risked everything to go back to school for this and, and I'm not doing it full time. And I was burnt out of the restaurant industry and all of that. So I saved up and decided to quit my job and, um, and pursue full time, um, design and I did all of this with the goal of like six months ahead of time saving up to January 2009 is when I'm going to like go out on my own. And then everything like went to pot at the end of 2008 <laughs> in the economy. <laughs> but it was too bad. Like I was on my like I'd already decided this like I, I couldn't go back. So um, mm. I had a hard time <laughs> at the beginning of finding work and I ended up finding like a, a two day a week job um, with Disney in their marketing department for their publishing. Um, not even as a designer, but just as they needed somebody who knew basic HTML who could um, update their custom CMS with new content once a month. So I was like, okay, I can do that. I know basically like I had learned more web from school, like just a little bit, like I learned Dreamweaver. And then I had started taking classes um, on Flash, like I took a Flash class and Dreamweaver because I started to real I started to notice that like the only thing that was getting me any interviews or any interest was the little bit of web like coding that I knew. So I started to try and expand on that and I got my first freelance like big project from knowing Flash. Um, Because I was the only designer who knew how to update their Flash website. Mm -hmm. And then that led to more, you know, Flash or or more opportunities. And I ended up um, designing, redesigning or creating their e-commerce site for the spa. And um, it was my first big project. And it was in Magento. And I learned how to like code in, you know, an application and, and all of this. Um, so it was, so I just kind of, I think that was it. Like I just started to notice that I could get work doing it. And then I started to learn more and then I got hooked. Um, and then I also took classes with girl develop it when they were starting out in New York city. So, so you're in, you went to FIT, right? Yeah. And that's in Florida, right? So no, there is a FIT in Florida. Okay. So which, which FIT is this? I went to FIT in New York City, which is the Fashion Institute of Technology. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Which people always don't realize that they do more than fashion. I mean, they do mostly fashion stuff, right. but like they do have like a regular design department. Okay. Um, which is where I was, but it was like at school with like ninety percent female. <laughs> so, so you were in Silicon Valley. Yeah. When did you, when did you make? Sorry, I want to go back just a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. When did you go to uh, New York? So I I grew I grew up in Silicon Valley um, until you know through high school went to Cupertino uh-huh. High School and yeah. then went to California State University Chico in Northern California for like my first undergrad uh-huh. and then right after school I moved to London for about a year okay. and then broke moved back to <laughs> Silicon Valley and this is like when 
tech was boom like right before the first bubble burst, like tech right, okay. was booming. Right. Um and then left I actually I moved to New York a month after September eleventh. <laughs> really weird time to come to New York. So, right. uh, so I, I, I spent a little time in Silicon Valley after like in the early aughts and then, um, and then moved to New York. Cause I, I, I really liked living in London and I wanted someplace that was like a city with lots of other things going on. Wow. Well, that, that's definitely, yeah. so yeah. And New York after one, one month after nine eleven, that would that's, uh, that would say uh, you, you, you have a pretty unique, I think I'm sure other people do, but you have probably a unique view of it. Uh, what, what it's like life in New York. Like it's could be different than than what's possible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think like I don't know. I mean, I visited before I moved there, but I don't like I moved to a city that was healing and mm. I don't know what it was like beforehand, you know, so I, I kind of missed that mm. comparison. Yeah. But uh but yeah but you but you've you know, traveled all over like Florence and London. Holy cow. So that's awesome. And then um, my one question, I do want to back up just a little bit and say, like, I think it's, I think it's, it's awesome. That's why I want to go back to it. But uh, you just said, like, I'm going to go, go for it and, and make it uh, in six months, 2009, right? Just go, go January. What steps did you make? Like, did you have a portfolio ready uh, at the end of six months? Did you, like, what did you have to, like, go for job interviews and then have them lined up? Yeah. Uh, that was hard because the program I was in at FIT, it was a one-year program and it was their Associates of Applied Science. And it's meant to prep you. Well, it's supposed to, they, they advertised it at the time as it's meant you can get a job in your field with that one-year program, however, or, or that with that degree. However, you've, all of the classes and all of the prep to help you get a job are in the BFA part of the program, which happens afterwards, which I didn't take. So there was nothing in my um, preparation for that year that like taught me how to look for a job at all in design. Um, I went to the career center and the career center was kind of helpful, but just because FIT is so fashion oriented Mm-hmm. they had more information around the fashion industry. And even the design jobs that they had were all fashion industry oriented. They were like design graphics for t-shirts and that's not my wheelhouse at all. Right. You know, so I found like pretty quickly just for what I was looking for, they weren't going to really help me. So I like bought books about how to design, you know, how to design portfolios portfolios like I didn't know I had no idea what would be expected in an interview um, and it was kind of at the time where it was still expected to have a like portfolio book right um, but I also made a website too because I was like interested in that and I thought that was cool and it was flash <laughs> um, of course uh, but a, a lot of that was like yeah buying books and doing my own research and I'm sure I was researching online too mm. but I didn't have I must have also talked to teachers too before I graduated um, to get some advice, but it w- but I did feel kind of alone. Also, like a lot of my friends in the program either went on to the like to to the to the BFA 
or they were international and they graduated and they moved away. So I felt kind of alone in my little design world, figuring that out. Um, so I think that's why I started to take more classes to meet people and, and to learn things and then started to like um, do Girl Develop It and things like that. So I did have a portfolio book and it, it was beautiful. Oh, I used like, like printing was so hard. It was huge. I still kept all the. I still kept it because it was so pretty. <laughs> so, so what do you mean by huge? Like, 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 what's the size? Oh, what was it? it? Was like, it was like, probably like I had to use a special big printer. It was like eighteen by twelve or something. I don't know. I bought like I went to AI Friedman in New York City and just bought like a beautiful portfolio book, and they had and they had um, pages that were like really nice paper that like fit into this case and. Um, it was really nice. Like I had, I had a nice presentation. The content in it was probably <laughs> like, I wish I could change, like make that better now. Looking back, um, but I would apply, and I would, I, I was on. Um, there was like one creative website that all, had a bunch of creative jobs on it. I think maybe it was Creative Jobs or something. I can't remember what it was called. Um, and you could have like a little digital portfolio on there. And that I think it was like one of the first places that like catered to something like that, like catered to an industry where you wanted to show pictures, um, images. Um, and and I mean, there were so many people looking for jobs at this time. There was just, I would get barely any response. And like, I couldn't get recruiters to call me back. Um, and so I think I, w I went on two interviews for like full-time jobs. And one was for a packaging, like entry-level packaging designer. Uh -huh. And I remember when I got there, the they, they had he told me that they had 400 responses and they were interviewing 50 people for two positions. And wow. the way he said it, like he basically looked at my book and then told me this. <laughs> and I was like, he's already letting me down. Yeah. <laughs> but then he he kindly like went through my book and gave me some nice feedback. So it was a really good experience. But I was like, wow, I'm not gonna hear from them. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was hard. That was a hard time. Oh man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, it is it is hard too, just trying to make it. And uh and so that's why I just want to see what how you try to break into it, what you get, what you did and let people know. Cause even in my industry, like, you no, know, when I, when I went to college and I learned web stuff, it was, um, you know, they didn't teach anything about how to, uh, um, get a job much. You yeah. Know, they were just, you know, we saw it made, we saw it make a portfolio, but like my portfolio, uh, was like one week of the last semester of my last year in college. I'm like, uh, I think I should have probably spent more time on this at some point. Uh, yeah. And uh, in, and even then, I think I was printing out, uh, you know, browser screenshots and pasting them in, in, on you know on paper and like this is so useless. But uh, there we go. But yeah. Um, I also think like the what I did. I I was scrappy. I did what I had to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it actually like I was frustrated that so that first job at Disney was only two days a week. Yeah. Um, and they had just had like a huge round of layoffs because of the, of the economy. So they were strapped for help. Um, but they also, you know, didn't have the budget to, to bring people on. But I 
ended up sitting around all the designers, even though I wasn't a designer and just made friends with them and, you know, expressed my interest in like helping if I could. And, and they started to give me little things. And then once things started to get healthier, oh, like now I can work three days a week and, oh, let's give her some more design because you don't need to, you know, just enter data in a CMS for two days, you know? Um, and, 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 they were super great at giving me more, um, more experience and, and giving me opportunity. Um, right. And then I started to get like web opportunities there because they would send out to um, agencies like little Facebook pages right. um, and custom pages. And I was like, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, okay, why don't you try? Because that will save us five figures, you know? Oh, <laughs> like, wow. Like these, these, I don't know, these places were charging like a crazy amount to do Facebook pages. So then I got to like do that kind of stuff. But then at the same time, I had enough time to do freelance too and continue learning because I was only working like three days a week. And that was going on for like two years. Right. Um, so I think, and I took like whatever opportunities I could and like, like went, like when I was taking girl development classes, I went to everything they did, you know, like every coffee code thing like and then they started inviting me to things you know that were were extra and then I eventually got my first um real web development job through Sarah Chips who's one of the founders of Girl Develop It because I showed up to all their things and like did hackathons with them and and like that was kind of interviewing I think and I didn't know it and uh and Girl Develop It has a chapter here in Austin and then uh I love it because I use I audit or I uh, help BTA with that when I can, and um, it's just an awesome, awesome resource. So that's out there. So I definitely encourage people to do it. So yeah, it sounds like you were like doing great. You're like, I mean, it would, and I just want to like it. I mean, you said yourself. I just want to underscore that it wasn't overnight success. It was like, oh my gosh, yeah, give it to no. I mean, I graduated from my my design job in 2005 or from my design um program in 2005 yeah i i I remember interviewing right after i got an interview for a design job right after i graduated Uh and it was it paid twenty eight thousand dollars a year (laughs) full-time in new york city and i was like there's no there's like that that just dejected me that's when i was like okay i'm just gonna wait tables for a little bit again and get back you know like like there's no way so, no, not not at all. I I don't think I I had a paid day off in my life until like 2010. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Jessica Hish would probably tell you the same thing too. It's like because she worked her her butt off until um to get where she's at, and and she like worked the same thing. It was just, like nonstop for for years until until. Uh, Till a very long time. I don't know. I've got like five, six years or something like that. So she never really I think like off. it still looks like it's hard. Um, from what I see, like graduate like still to get that first job is still oh. hard. I think like maybe it's better in a in a in a booming economy, but maybe not. I mean, yeah. I think I think everybody I think we still suffer from everybody wants somebody they don't want to train people, they want people who are ready to go. Right. Um, and it's really hard to find and and you need to like a proper junior job like mm. like juniors are great and they can bring so much to your team and then you can also but they also need a senior you know i think right. i see a lot of 
places that like uh, want a junior because a junior's cheaper. But that's such a bad situation for a junior because they need somebody to learn from too, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a constant learning experience. You need someone to help guide you. So it's pretty good. Yeah. So I'm glad you turned down that job for 20,000 because um, dur- during the boom of the web, the first boom, uh, I was, I was at, a, at a dream job that I had. Um, wasn't getting paid a lot for it. And, um, and then a call from New York City call came up and said, hey, would you like to work the web job at DC Comics? And I was just like, oh my God, how did you find me? And I had written an email to DC Comics like years ago. I can't remember what year it was. It was like years ago saying, hey, I know some web stuff. Uh, can I help out? No reply whatsoever. And the guy said, yeah, yeah, I'm a hoarder, and I just saved your email with like all the other emails I save. And I remember your email, and I we have an opening, and I wanted you to come out here. And it's like, oh my god, how much is it? And it was just like peanuts. Uh, I was just like, oh, like, <laughs> like because they expect that they're like somebody who's into comics is going to come and work for us for peanuts. Do yeah. you think like that was it? Somebody did probably too. I probably like you know if if I lived in New York, I would probably jump on it. Yeah, but, but I was like, I didn't live in New York, and uh, and uh, my only regret is that to break into comics, like then, like uh, then, because you're like Marvel, DC, it's like you don't, it's like uh, what's Scott McCloud or uh, Mark Waves, like there's all, there's there's a way to break into comics, and once you do that, that same way will never happen again. Like so, it's because people <laughs> just, like so like I was like, oh, I could have broken into comics by way of the web person, the job, because uh, a lot of people just, you know, they're like, they do something else and they know someone or whatever. Like they don't really like, it's really hard to do, like break in the traditional way, if you will. Uh, yeah. I mean, so. I think like that, like I, I couldn't get a design job. So I got like this, like content yeah. management job and then like warmed my way in. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that, uh, Oh, I don't don't use the word worm. I don't think that I think you, you earned <laughs> you earned your way in. I think that's a good way. I charmed my way into. <laughs> um, I think like I mean I also took a lot of jobs that were uh, that I was underpaid for. Yeah. You know, like and that's okay. I think I had like I had to weigh it, yeah, and I had to learn along the way to be a better negotiator too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to learn my worth along the way. I think that is was always really hard to mm-hmm. to understand your worth um i think also what, what's, what's one lesson that you learned about your worth that you feel like i like what's one thing that you like you feel like if you had, you had one lesson you would have to pass on to someone about that oh boy um oh, i'm gonna say the first thing i was gonna say while i contemplate what to answer that that's a okay. really good question i think the first thing i think was like the jobs that didn't like the I can think of jobs that didn't pay what the work I was doing was worth, but I knew I I I took it and I got something that moved me forward with it. Like there was I was still getting something like it wasn't just a paycheck, it was something uh-huh. that was giving me something. And then I I found when I and I was so scared to ask for more money and raise my rate. This is like as a freelancer. 
And then when I did, it was like no, like it's like they were waiting for it. Like it was no big deal. I've never, I've actually, ne- I don't can't think I've ever been told my rate was ridiculous or 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 turned down. I've negotiated and gotten better at that, but that's not something like I'm not even the person who wants to go to like the flea market and negotiate or like I hate like I hate yeah. It's just some people love that and that's just not I just hate it. I just I just want it to be done. I don't want to deal with it. Um but even even now I I I don't know I was talking to a colleague about how um she was saying that she she manages men and women mm-hmm. and that the the men when she says, "Oh, you know, great job this quarter." I'm, um, we're going to give you this amount raise and they'll always be like, Oh, actually, why don't you give me this? Like they'll always ask for more and women and the women she manages never do. And I was like, I had, I had never done that. I never even thought about doing that. So, um, so I still have things to learn too. Yeah. It's, it's ongoing process. So yeah, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it's always hard just because you want to like, I always have trouble valuing like self-worth or what, what to put on, you know, a price for time and, uh, cause it's finite. Right. So you never get that hour back or, yeah. or, or what, yeah. but yeah. Oh, I was, I was going to say, I think like as much research as you can get about what you're doing and what your industry is and what the going rate is where you are, like as much as you can get is mm-hmm. going to make you feel more confident in, mm-hmm. in, in negotiating. So I'm all about the research. Like when I was interviewing for company companies, Oh my gosh, glassdoor.com was such a great resource. And it tells you, um, like I was interviewing for big companies, like I was interviewing for Amazon and there was all this like information about what their interview process is like. So then I like really could walk in the day knowing what to expect. Right. Um, it was cool. an awesome resource. Cool. And I think a list of part used to do a survey or the, about jobs and occupation. I'm not sure they still do it or not, but, uh, but yeah, they used to use the compile and, and uh, ask people for for information about uh, salaries and all that stuff like that too. Yeah, yeah, like all of that stuff. I also once for before a job interview, it was a culture. It was for an airline, and it, but it was a graphic design job for an airline. And I was like, what would people wear who work in an airline? Like, is that corporate? Is that not? Like, I just I didn't know, and I wanted to like come to the interview looking like I belong, you know, and I want I didn't want to have to worry about, I wanted to feel good about it before walking in. Cause I, I believe in that, like oh yeah, wearing something that makes you feel confident is going to, you're going to come across more confident and feel more confident. Right. So I actually like went at like 9am in front of their headquarters oh, and watched yeah. people walk in to see what like they were wearing. Nice. Totally helped. <laughs> it was really yeah. good. That's awesome. That's great. I would never thought to stock a company. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with. Um, I actually went to um, went to uh, I, I, an uh, interview uh, for a company for a startup, and um, it's like my first like w- it wasn't my first web job. It was my first like I would say peers uh, web like people who did web believed in it and knew it was not going to go away because usually I had a job like yeah it's that web thing we put on the side whatever you know it's mm. so. I actually had to go, um, and it wasn't as easy to make a website back, you know, as it is now. You just like, oh, website in five minutes. But, uh, but they had like a few photos on a subdomain of a website, 
somewhere of what they were wearing, like a casual photo or whatever. And it was like five people in, in a group shot and they had uploaded it. And I had to, I showed it to my, um, uh, to my friends and said like, what, what type of clothes are these and where can I buy them? Because <laughs> I'm a nerd and I don't know like, anything about fashion. So, and then I, I, so I got a whole outfit and I was able to like walk in there with, with confidence and say, yeah. oh, uh, I belong here. You know, like I totally. Did I, it work? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, totally did. I felt better. <laughs> but yeah, I felt like I belonged. Like, hey, how's it going? And, but uh, yeah, so it's always, you know, so like buying the suit before the interview type of thing. So, um, but yeah, so uh, a little bit off topic of SVGs a little bit, but, uh, uh, but I love it. It's awesome. So I would, no, I yeah, no, I listened to Sarah's, Sarah talked all about SVGs. She said all the good stuff. <laughs> She's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I do have some questions about SVGs, but I do want to come back to your presentation that you did for CS DevConf. Um, and I want to say thank you so much because I was, I went, did some research, found the slides because I was not able to see your presentation at DevConf, even though I was, you know, Know, part of the people, uh, that's the problem run. when there's three at a time there's that is tracks. the problem so, with it right yeah now. it's just but i heard great things about it and uh, one of the things was that uh uh we we held it on the queen mary and and in between your slides of svgs you actually mentioned the historical aspect of the queen mary and i just want to say thank you so much for doing that i really <laughs> because uh uh because we do a lot of effort to, to find a venue that's historic or whatever nature and so that. So, um, and Queen Mary is one of the most haunted places in America. And yeah. so you mentioned that pretty, pretty elaborately throughout your slides. And, and so, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was the whole point. Like I, I wanted the haunt, like I picked the haunted stories. I was like, I'm going to tell you ghost stories in between all this technical stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the most, uh, getting rise out of people about like, did you get like, anything particular like, that you thought that was the audience like? No, I mean, nobody, well, I I mean, the thing that was, you know, every time you give a presentation, the audience is set up differently too. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. like when I did this talk in the meetup in Philly, it mm -hmm. was like I was at the head of a table. So it was much more like a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that opened it up to more conversation. Right. I think the only person at, CSS DevConf, who got to like really break the audience, was um, Dave. Oh yeah, really? Okay. But I mean, I think like that's what that's he does. Like he's yeah. one of the funniest people ever. So, right. um, but like I couldn't, I wasn't getting reactions. I, I was trying, like I try to put it out there, and I would love to hear techniques, better techniques on this too. Like. Like I start the slides with like me, I'm Brenda and I work yeah. in ThoughtBot and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. then my next slide is you. Who are you? Like, yeah. you know, and, and I hope that actually gives some participation and makes it like, yeah, we can participate. But right. the, but also like just the setup was I was on a stage right. and it was a little, so it was a little more formal. So I didn't get a lot of like reaction in the moment. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I just went with it. But I think like, the creepiest story is like the are like the first class pool. Oh, yeah. Did you hear the story of like a little girl that drowned and, mm -hmm. and people hear like like say they still hear splashing even though there's no water in the pool and they'll see like little wet child mm -hmm. footprints. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know, I don't believe in ghosts, so yeah. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, so the first time I ever heard about the Queen Mary was an Unsolved Mystery episode. Oh, yeah. And it blew my brain. Like, I was talking about it at high school the next morning because it just, like, because the way they shot it and they told it, it was just, like, just totally blew my brains. I was like, oh, my God. It just, uh, and, was, and then I forgot about it. And then um, and then we, we booked the Queen Mary. I was like, hey, wait a minute. This is that boat <laughs> that did this thing that had the pool. So uh, we did have ghost tours. Did you go on the ghost tour? No, oh, I know. Uh, I should have like for am- more ammunition. Because <laughs> um, uh, do you know where we had the uh, main track room? Right, this is just a little inside baseball. But I just was be real quick. So you know where we had the main track room and the banquet room and uh, yeah, for the com- Okay, and then you know where um, um, and then the little hallway you know, get to the bathroom or you know get that little like you know to get into the room. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, dude, right behind, uh, there's an elevator. There's two elevators on each side. And there's a doorway. That doorway goes straight to that pool. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Wait, did you go to the pool? Oh uh, yeah, we did a ghost tour. Um, oh, because in the in the tour. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we did because we we do on-site inspections um, um, before we get there because it's um, just a conference trip tip one one. Uh, if you uh. Just go to the venue if you if you're doing a venue that's not where you live or whatever. Just go to the venue uh, if you live in the same city uh, and just look at it and see how you would solve uh, wayfinding issues, like how you get from people from point A to point B to point C, mm. which is like one of the main things we worry about is logistics. Is this, and um, and not being at a place is you can still do things with uh, schematics and maps, but it, once you live the once you like see the space and you're actually in it, you learn so much more in one minute than you could just by watching a map. But I digress. So anyway, so we did a, um, a just to get to know the space better, we came in months earlier and did a, um, uh, a as many tours as we could. And one of the, the best tour was like a haunted history tour, which took you into a whole boat. And so we would be yeah, a good skill for the, for the ship that way. And so, uh, so it was really spooky for me because I knew exactly where that pool was. <laughs> and I was like hoping no one really like put two and two together where the pool was. On the pool was. I, was like, oh. I didn't. That was right there. Nope. But yeah. so how do you pick a venue? How do you decide uh, where? Um, it's very hard. Uh, we it's, try to find something that's uh, historic in nature. Thank you for the question. Uh, historic in nature. Uh, something that um, uh, if I were to go to a conference... I would like appreciate to know more about the environment that we live in. That's also due to conference organizers making sure they put some of the flair um, from the from the uh, from the locality, if you will, into the conference. And so that's why we do. Uh, we we had ghost tours available on the reception, opening reception um, of Queen Mary. We also uh, we did some other things too. We had a opening reception. Oh yeah, we also had like a local. Yacht rock band play Monday nights uh, on board. Uh, we we held our yacht rock party in the same space where Bob uh, Hope uh, performed. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So uh, uh, it's an Art Deco museum. Like it's it uh, the boat is the Art Deco museum. Yeah. They ha- actually have Art Deco conferences every year there um, because it's like a living it's a living museum, pretty much. And so uh, so that's just like one way. And then also it depends on. You know, I feel like just by staying in the venue, I feel like you have kind of a vibe for, you know, we did the Queen Mary, we did uh, New Orleans, but New Orleans, we actually did it in the only family-owned hotel 
and uh, French Quarter in New Orleans. And so really? all the other hotels are like, not to say they're any bad, but like Hilton or Radisson or whatever. But so um, all that type of scale, like, so you can still probably get like a, you know, Airbnb if you want to, but, uh, but and tip to scale, that's like the only family owned um, hotel there. So, and it has its own unique, you know, you were there, like it has its own unique yeah. style and architecture and, um, and the staff is just top notch. Love them. That's awesome. I appreciate that. I mean, I also really appreciated the like tours and the parade and the New Orleans, like, um, like all the like non, um, conferency tech stuff yeah. and of the conferences I've yes. been to of yours. Right. Yeah, I totally forgot the parade. So like, so the parade is like total like New Orleans, right? It was like, uh, just so people were listening, just, uh, we did a parade from the hotel. We go through French Quarter. We went down Bourbon Street for a quick block. And then, uh, so we actually say we paraded on Bourbon Street. <laughs> and then we went to Jackson Square where we had, um, either you pick a ghost tour, a history tour, mob violence type of history tour, and then a voodoo tour um, if you wanted to. And then so you'd split your own way out. And then then they would all dump you at Cafe du Monde on the other side of Jackson Square. And so that was um, a way of really getting into the local uh, flair of, yeah. of uh, New Orleans. So, yeah. And, um, and it's also a good way of like being, so if you were didn't drink a lot, you could still take part too. So like Cafe du Monde doesn't serve alcohol and you know parade's awesome so you just walk down there too so walk you know, parade's great and tour's great so i felt like we did a really great job in trying to get people to to see the the the, the flair and nature of it and also uh get people talking to each other because that's another, another thing that's really hard is to get people talking even though they share the same space for two days <laughs> yeah. so you never get uh it's really like one of the hardest things we, we do is get people talk to each other so um Oh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so New Orleans, and then uh, we did uh, the Stanley Hotel in Colorado, which is uh, the inspiration for The Shining. Oh uh, yeah, and, yeah. But I that, remember seeing that, but and I and like kind of when I was like, I want to go to conferences, and I saw that, and it was like just happening or it already happened. Yeah. And I was like, I can't go by myself. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. yeah, that looked cool. And then that was beautiful just because they had like the Rocky Mountains. You just like walked out of the room where you were and you had just great views of the Rocky Mountains because you're so high up already. And um, so it was just, um, it was just people. And then also inside that, inside the Stanley Hotel, there's just a lot of great nooks of, of where you just, you know, two or three people could, or six people could sit together in front of a fireplace and whatnot and, and enjoy it. And so we felt that was like, really great. Location and also the claim to fame for that one. I'm going to stop talking about season. Right. No, I'm not. Uh, the claim to fame for that one is that we are the first uh, people to do adult tri bike uh, uh, trike races at the Stanley Hotel. So, because <laughs> so, um, we actually uh, talked to uh, uh, the venue, we did on site visit, and uh, it was great. You know, the people are great with the staff, and we we're like, and um, my partner and I were like, we. We had this question, uh, this idea for our event. And I was like, uh, we, was like it's like, so, so like we, you, you have a question and you say like, as soon as I say this question, they're going to think we're stupid and like, we're going to look bad at this. But uh, so it was just like, and so at the end of the visit, it was like, you know, they had like game more questions. They were like, looking forward to working with you. It's like, yeah, we have one more question. Uh, would it be possible? Would it be okay if we get a, uh, 
adult size uh, uh, like trikes and uh, race them on property. <laughs> <laughs> and like, they looked at us and they looked at each other because there's two people. And, uh, and they looked back and said, like, well, we actually have four in storage right now. <laughs> and I was like, well, what? Like, yeah, because uh, a PGA tour group comes here all the, all the time, but they race them downtown, which is like downtown is like the small downtown USA. And it's like pretty much one main street. And they just race them down, you know, like race them down or whatever. But then no one's actually raced them at the Stanley Hotel. And so we're like, yeah, can we totally do that? It's like, yeah, we're actually so thought, thought about selling them. I was like, uh, like, like now, now it's a event add-on. I think it's so. If you do an event at Stanley Hotel, uh, you can actually order adult tricycle. Oh, uh, and you started it. Look at what you've done for this hotel. You gave them a whole new way of revenue. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is my this, Brenda. This is my contribution to humanity. This is what we're known for. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so uh, so we try to get, try to have this local flair wherever we go and make it interesting and so it's it's the tough part is the fun part and that it's a new place every year so we have to actually learn um a new location the locale yeah. and stuff like that too, so well i can't wait to hear where it's going to be this year no hints <laughs> no hints sorry <sighs> sorry like i was talking to ari this morning about it so i was just like we have to announce it this week so okay um so I do want to go back to SVG. So I want to say thank you for the historical nature of that. Um, so I do have a couple of things about questions about SVG. Just so since okay. I have you here, uh, the history of SVG. Like I know about SVG since 2000, 2001, when Adobe had a plug-in for it, and mm -hmm. they were trying to go against Mac Media. It's Flash. So I saw a slide. Yeah, actually had some history from the 90s. You know, I think yeah, about like late 90s, and I th and it and it's the it's what you said. There was like. Um, I think it was like, I'm, I'm going to get it wrong if I don't look at my slides, but I think it's Macromedia and Microsoft had like their own, they were, they were trying to do a digital drawing format file mm -hmm. and then Adobe and Sun were doing their own and it was neither were SVG and they were competing. And then the W3C was like, no, we're going to make a standardized one. Um, and it's, and it's from 99 was when SVG spec first came out. And then the SVG version 1.1 that we use now is from 2001. Mm -hmm. So I think like, like that's, I, I say that like, I think what I started to, what attracted me about SVG and wanting to learn about it is it felt like um, HTML in, in the early days oh, yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way too. Yeah. I totally get that too, because um, um, there's like it's like this weird protoplasm type of thing. Just like things work, or they should work in my mind anyway, but they don't, and sometimes they do. And they just you know when you save it and it works, it looks beautiful and like looks great. But sometimes you wonder why things happen the way you do, and so then you're constantly hitting browser refresh to see what's going on. <laughs> like what's going on? And maybe it's because their style in the markup mm -hmm. i mean like it's a digital drawing so style kind of has to be in the markup and we can extract you know style and bring it into style sheets if we inline the svg but we don't have to you know right. Right. like so you can kind of do it all in there right. and more than you could ever do in html <laughs> <Stupid> <laughs> i think HTML. like i i just remember 
learning Illustrator in school in like 2004. And there'd always be like, save as AI or SVG. And I'm like, what the heck is this SVG (laughs) thing? This is useless. You know, like, like that's what I, how I learned SVG. (laughs) It's just, it was a file format I never wanted. (laughs) I felt bad because I I mastered as much as I could, as one that could, like uh, Photoshop in college. And I felt like I wasted some time when I should have just been um, using Illustrator because then I could just, you know, I have a vectorized knowledge. I actually like, I could be like living large in the flash years and now (laughs) living large in SVG years. So that was, I think I had like a really great illustrator teacher Mm -hmm. and I had a really terrible Photoshop teacher. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think because like I'm not, I'm not a drawer, I'm not like an artist, but like I love illustrator. Um, Mm -hmm. And I still, I mean, I use sketch. I love sketch for Mm -hmm. mocking up web design because it's meant for that illustrator isn't meant for that photoshop isn't meant for that like sketch is the best for that but if i'm going to draw anything or if i'm going to make an svg or if i'm gonna like Mm. do anything vector i'm gonna or or mess with type in a way that i'm gonna outline like i'm gonna do it all in illustrator still okay cool all right so i have another svg question for you yep and i did talk about um with sarah about this a little bit uh so i saw it barely Viewbox versus a viewport and SVG. What's totally different? Totally different. What? Because totally like they, because like Viewbox, I get like you have a coordinate, like you have a coordinate system, like zero zero, and like fifty five fifty five for a square, right? And then the units could be like it doesn't really matter because it's all self referential. It could be like you just think of like zero zero and 50 peanuts versus you know it doesn't matter like, <laughs> yeah be like whatever but but then you get to a viewport and then you yeah. set the width and height and you could have pixels inches like i don't know so i think about it like i mean so viewport the way that we know it is uh, in you know front end web is the viewport means the browser window right, right? Yeah, right so we can still think about it the same way as like the browser window is a window to our content so if we think about it like that, like the SVG has its own window to its content, and that's the view port, which is basically your height and width of that window, right? So like the height and width of your browser. And inside of that, there's the you, the view box is saying what I want to show from like of my content. Mm-hmm. And it can be exactly like the same as the as the view bot or the viewport, or you can. Um, it's like ap- I think of it like absolute positioning, okay. using coordinates, and and I mean and it's a little different in in syntax, but like um, a, a view if a view box starts at zero zero, that's basically saying like position everything from the top left hand corner of my view port okay. <laughs> to make sure i'm saying i have to think hard to make sure i'm saying the right one each time okay. so then um and and that makes uh so so that's i think about it like that it's so hard i'm i i know that this is a podcast and i'm using my <laughs> hands <laughs> you know frantically <laughs> for those listening at home Brenda is using her hands. <laughs> you can see exactly what I'm talking about with my own my right. hands. That's um, another question. I'm sorry. It's, it's, no, but but yeah. So it's like that. That's that's what helped me grasp my head around it. Was like was like comparing it to what was familiar for me, which is the browser and um, 
and and positioning and and how absolute positioning works to move move things around. So, so you can if you if you have coordinates that are negative, you can move. Things oh. off screen in a play oh. in a way that you can't see, just like absolute positioning. Um, oh. But the difference with SVG is that you can make the area, yeah, negative. You know, for what oh. you see. The, nice. Was that oh. a, that sounded like that actually made oh. sense? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, so SVG set the width and height of the of how it looks in the browser. Is that right? So, yeah. SVG, okay. Viewport. And then the yeah. view box is like, hey, my image lies in here, but if I want to move the view box, I can actually give like negative values and offset it, but my content is still there, right? Yeah. And then and you can still like, and it can zoom in by how you manage those coordinates. Those uh, coordinates okay, so, so if I have 0, 0, 50, 50, how do I start zooming in? Like, what does that mean? Um, so I would recommend playing around <laughs> with <laughs> but like like so if you have if if you have no strokes or nothing fancy and you have like a, a viewport that's 50 width and 50 height mm -hmm. and then you have a view box that's zero zero 50 50 right and all of your coordinates for all of your shapes and paths and everything inside of your svg are all within that 50 yeah. like everything's going to be nice and neat inside right right but if you if you manipulate the view box to be like smaller and then there's coordinates that have numbers inside of your your SVG that are bigger than the numbers in your view box, it's going to create some uh, zooming uh, effect, right? So it's all relative. So it depends yeah. on... My view box can change, but if my... Um, so I can manipulate the view box, but then if my initial... My elements inside the SVG that, that make the image... Are larger or smaller than as the viewbox changes? It's like it depends on their coordinates. But right. I, honestly, this is the heart. Like every time I've done this talk, I always present the viewbox differently because I haven't found like uh, a way that totally makes sense or that works. And I keep just trying to like strip it down to the bait, like to the simplest thing. Like this is the simple way that works: zero, zero, and then you know your width and height, and then you 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 can. Like start there and yeah. then manipulate if you need to or whatever you export. The other thing is like whatever program you use to export, don't mess with the view box. Just don't touch it. Right. Don't mess with it. Just leave it unless right. you have a real reason to. Um, and then I have like on my code pen, um, I have a code pen collection with some really simple, simple SVGs that are like terribly ugly and simple, like just simple shapes and stuff. Right. But um, they're really good. They've helped me to just like change, you know, when you have very little, you can see what you're, when you change something, like what effect it makes on okay. its own. So I use those a lot to like try and understand. And I like show those in my um, presentation and stuff. They're really good. Okay, cool. We'll put that in the, in the show notes so people can. Cool. And by people, I mean me to look at. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, I mean, uh, Thank you so much for speaking today. Uh, is there anything you want to add or, or ask or anything like that? No, I mean, um, no, thanks for for inviting me to chat. Oh, no. um, it's actually really nice to chat with you a little more because, um, you know, I've seen you a couple times and um, or met, met at, at CSS DevConf and stuff. But um, no, this, this has been great, I guess. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, 
So uh, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I'm at brendastore.com. I am Brenda Marie NYC on Twitter. Okay, cool. Well, thanks so much for being here and I uh, hope to see you soon. Thanks. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to hear where the next venue is. Uh, check out Season of DevCon on Twitter.